What's up, people? I'm Garrett Johnson, and you're listening to Consider Before Consuming, a podcast by Fight the New Drug. Now, if you're new, you're joining us for the first time, Fight the New Drug is a non-religious and non-legislative organization that exists to provide individuals the opportunity to make an informed decision regarding pornography by raising awareness on its harmful effects using only science, facts, and personal accounts. And that's where Terry Crews comes in with a personal account. First of all, big shout out to Terry Crews for sitting down with us. Right before recording this conversation that you're about to listen to, Terry went live with us on Instagram. We've added that Instagram live to our Instagram TV if you'd like to check that out. By the way, this conversation was recorded in April of 2020 and is being published in May of 2020. So the world is currently in quarantine, which means that we are experiencing increased isolation. Um, But we hope this conversation can provide some healthy connection. Now, it's very probable that you've heard of Terry Crews. He currently stars in Brooklyn Nine-Nine and hosts America's Got Talent. Now, here's the thing. He's the perfect host for America's Got Talent because he's one of the most talented individuals that there is. He's an actor, a comedian, former NFL player, artist, designer, author, activist, and he even plays the flute. Some might argue that Terry's greatest strength is his ability to peck pop um, or his talking biceps, but I'd argue that it's his authenticity. Recording a conversation with Terry Crews was enjoyable as two people who have experienced the negative impacts of pornography, we had a lot to talk about. Uh, We talked about everything from why he would turn to pornography, how it affected him, um, to what happened when he finally told the truth to his partner. With all that being said, let's just jump into it. We hope you enjoy this episode of Consider Before Consuming. Right, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, with you, Terry, to be honest, I felt like when I said that it was 22 minutes, I kind of said it out of surprise, too, because it felt like you had been talking for like four minutes. (laughs) <laughs> because it was really good and we're just eating it up and so we appreciate uh we appreciate that so thanks hey i i'm just thankful for what you guys are doing man it's uh it's so valuable it, I, that's all i could say just the value is incredible and it's not done in judgment it's not done to crush people it's just done out of love man it's nothing right. but love i can feel the love you know right. and you just gotta let people know what's up you know what i mean it's for like sure that's all good if you, cause you brought up the fast food example, like if you're eating all this junk food, um, I think it's important to remember that if someone brings up and educates about the unhealthy factors of junk food, that doesn't mean that doesn't make them anti-eating, right? right? And it's the, kind of the same thing with you and and fight the new drug. It's like just because we talk about the harmful effects of pornography and sexual exploitation, that doesn't make us anti-sex, right? Right. It's definitely pro-sex. It doesn't exactly. make us anti-eating because we say junk food is junk food. That's it. That's it. I mean, so you I know, like that you touched on that. No, man, I'm I'm totally, totally all about getting rid of the stigma. hundred yep, percent. Because, you know, when I was a kid, man, you know, you would never bring up anything like well, this. S- stigmas you know? are always unhealthy. Right? Well, yeah, I mean, they're shame inducing. I mean, it, it, it makes people, you know, what's funny is people feel shame when they even hear it. 
So my deal, I'm like, I'm like, let's put it all out in the open, man. Let's just, you know what, let, let's be uncomfortable for a minute. Right. But all of a sudden you get comfortable. All of a sudden you go, wait a minute. You know what? Because if people know that they, because what the big thing I get, they're like, Terry Crews, you, you too? And I'm like, yeah, man, this is what's so, we're, we're human beings. This is the whole point. And if your story will affect everything, it's like people tend to feel like only my story is valuable, but your story is valuable. It affects everyone around you. This is why you have to tell. You have to find someone. And now, this is another thing. People that you trust. I don't, I, I'm not an advocate of just blabbing out all your stuff and being inappropriate and the whole thing. But I am about finding someone that you can really trust. Find that best friend. Find that person in your fam. Find that, that, that person you've always looked up to who really, who can, you can trust to open up to and share your heart, man. And a lot, and I know as a man, it's been always hard for us to do that. You know what I mean? Showing sure. vulnerability. Um, but I also know that the, the risk is too great. You know what I mean? Like what you miss out on, um, the things that have happened when, when I look at my life, um, even as an adult, man, when I look at, you know, I was a victim of a sexual assault a few years ago, which was crazy. And I definitely, I definitely put it on the whole porn mentality. This guy looked at me and he just, you know, he was basically looking at me like I was hard to get. And I'm like, yo, dog. And he's lucky I didn't kill him, which is, this is, and I, I look at another thing where I'm like, I thank God I was in the right place and I had done enough therapy and had done enough examining, you know, examining of myself in that porn rehab that I didn't kill a man for crossing that line because I say, hey man, I know why you did that. You know what I mean? Dude, it saved my life several different ways. You know what I mean? Like if I would have never went to rehab, never done, and that happened to me, I'd be in jail right now. That's you intense. Know? That's wild that, to think about. It is wild to think about, but it's the truth. It's an actual fact. And because I had studied what this does to people, I knew he was out of his mind. I knew his wiring wasn't right. And I was able to show mercy because I understood him. You know what I mean? Now, I didn't let oh, it that's go. That's interesting. That's I interesting. didn't let it go because he had to face the consequences. He needed to be held responsible for what he did. You know what I mean? And accountable. Accountability is key. And that's the thing. But just, just imagine all the lines that have been crossed. And I'm just talking about guys. I'm talking about in the military. I'm talking about in sports. I'm talking in Hollywood. All these lines that have been crossed. And people just thought, ah, uh, you know, he's kidding. And it's all been, you know, yeah, it, he's just joking around. But, this, but it's much more heinous than that. And once I started to see the, the patterns and I started to understand how, you know, brains have been reworked. I mean, it, it was literally, I could only bring up myself as an example. And I actually viewed myself just, just simply because I was a man. I was more valuable than women. Simply because of 
just that porn culture mindset. You know what I mean? And dude, well, that's what it tells you. Relatively speaking, like if you look at the history of the United States, like the women got the right to vote just in the 1920s. That's relatively recently. So it's like our culture does that to us. And then porn just perpetuates that at a high level. That's in- hey, if you if you understand how much thought goes into getting to you, like making sure that this porn thing stays like these companies, man, they're not playing. This is not a game to Pornhub. You know what I mean? This is, to them, this is the best time of their life. And they're like, hey man, you get Pornhub premium for free. And dude, that, you know what, what made me panic? I just panicked when I thought of a little nine-year-old me mm-hmm. at home, stuck, wondering and touching the computer like, oh man, let me, you know, I heard about this thing. Cause you know, guy, kids talk. Hundred percent. Hey man, they know. You know, first thing is you. You when I was a kid, you passed around the porn mat. You know what I mean? That's what you did. Now you have a computer, and the stuff that you have access to, man, it's like, man, it's not any. You are seeing the most violent, most degrading, most heinous crimes against women. You know what I mean? And some people they call them nuisance crimes, you know, or you know what they call it, victimless crimes. But I've never seen a crime that was victimless. Think about it. The, the term itself doesn't work. Yeah. There's no such thing as a victimless crime. Right. And when you look at trafficking and you look at Backpage and all these, these companies and these infrastructures that are built on you being hooked, uh, man, once, once the info is out for real, and once people see it for what it is, like to me, man, look, go ahead. If you if you can look at the whole thing for what it is and still do it, go ahead. But pornography will never tell you the whole story. It'll always bat its eyes. It'll blink. It'll smile. It'll give this image of this. And in the, and, and the whole other thing, it's killing you softly. And it's watching you bleed out and letting you, and then stepping over your body and it's over to the next guy or girl. And at Fight the New Drug, that's our mission, is an educated decision. We are on the same page as you, Terry, when you say you're not trying to ban anything. Yep. That is us. We, we, we fully want people to make an educated decision, like you're saying, so. That's it, that's it. I mean, you know, um, when I think about how I was, um, it, it, you know, sometimes when it's weird because there's a sadness that comes over because you think about what you've lost. You know what I mean? You think about the attitude I had and I, I think about, man, you know, if I'd have known this earlier, um, it's almost like, can you imagine a scientist back in the day and let's say you were an astronomer and you really, really believed that the, the, uh, the sun went around the earth. And so everything, all your calculations, you just, you just spent a hundred years trying to make this work. You got a beard going down to your knees. <laughs> and then here comes that damn Galileo. <laughs> Straight up. Galileo just told you, wait a minute, man. I think we got this wrong. Well, you throw him in jail. 
is what you do. You know what I mean? <laughs> and what happens is there's a lot of people who, uh, and, and again, there's a lot of people who support me, but I, there's also there's some pushback. There's some pushback, especially I mean, when you look at Hollywood, they, they're like, mm, you're moralizing and, you know, a little bit of porn is not a problem and this, this, and you're just talking about different types. And, and, and I, first of all, all I'm saying is, is that when you see it all for what it is, I feel like that scientist who has to put down all this stuff. And I, I had to start from the beginning and I saw, holy cow. I got this all wrong. I got it all wrong. And now I'm on Galileo's team. Now I'm mm -hmm. like, wait, 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 everybody, wait, wait. And they're like, hey, no, you were on the other side a minute ago. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I'm just like, hey, man, I have to admit that I, I got it wrong. I was the guy who was like, oh, man, you know, I remember, you know, it's funny because uh, being in the pros and being an athlete and the whole thing. When I was in the NFL, the strip club was a big, big deal. And that was some, the way men bonded. You know, it was like, hey, right. man, let's go here and we go to the strip club. And you're like, I, you know, what was wild is that I like to watch my porn by myself. Okay. But the strip club was like, okay, well, we'll, we'll prove that I'm a man, so let's go. And I remember, you know, women would be on stage and the whole thing and guys would be right there and and everybody's like, y'all, it's to you. Look at her. Hoo -hoo. But then the woman was come down off the stage and actually start talking about, like, real life. Like, hey, you guys play for whatever team and you whatever. And she started talking about her kids and bills. And, and it was like, stop, 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 stop. Why are you talking about kids and bills? Wait a minute. You were just on stage. I want you that. I want that. Why are you talking to me? And this is, and do, first of all, you got to understand, after therapy, this is what I realized, is that she was becoming a full-fledged human being before my eyes. And I She was ruining the fantasy. She was becoming a person. Yeah. Like, before, she wasn't even real. She was an object. Dude, it was like, you In know. In your mind. Yeah, it was just something, uh, it was just something you throw around. It was like, you know, a toy or basketball, football, da, da, da. and then the basketball starts talking. And you're like, wait a minute, hey, 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 stop. And Interesting. Dude, you can't treat people like this. People are not objects. 100%. People are not products. And man, it, it dude, it hit me so hard that I, I my my little knees buckled. Because I said, I was a part of this. And I can't, I can't. And I really wanted to go back through my whole life and just apologize. So you know what I mean? Like, but so the next best thing, and, I, and that was impossible to do. But the next best thing I said was that I have to help someone else. And I remember in 2014, I get in, got in my car with the first days of Facebook Live. I was one of the early guys they, they gave Facebook Live to. And I remember sitting in my car and I said, you know what, I'm going to talk about this pornography stuff. And I had already been out and been... Because it's and, been and, six years by that point, right? Oh, yeah, it had been six years. So it was, I mean, we had already been out and the whole thing. So I said, you know what, maybe there's a couple people out there that this will help. 100%. Dude, Hundreds of millions of people, hundreds of millions 
to this day, people are still looping it. It's in several languages. And I look and I go, oh my God, it's deeper than I ever thought. And I just, I said, this is what I need to do. Like, instead of, I, listen, I can apologize for everything that happened in, in, the be- in the beginning and whole thing, but the way I can correct this, the way I can try to make amends is to tell my story in hopes that someone, now it may not be the same, somebody will say, well, you know what, that's not me, I get it. Uh, if it's not you, I totally understand. Because there are a lot of people who are not addicted to pornography. There are a lot of people who are not. Right. But I'm talking to the ones who are. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm talking that's... to the guys who want to quit and can't. Right. Yeah, there, you know I mean? there's a, that's one of the misconceptions around pornography is like, I think a lot of people who are trying to educate on the harmful effects of pornography, the misconception is if you're looking at pornography, you're addicted. And that's right. just not true. That's not. It's yeah, because everyone's different. Everybody is different. I've seen I, I, people in my life, it's funny, my wife told me, she said, you know, I looked a couple of times and eh, I didn't want to look anymore. It wasn't her. And I was like, you know, 30 years ago. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? She has no problem. Okay, but that was not me. That was not me. I was like, I promise I'll never do this again. And dude, day would turn into night. And I was like, I'm still watching. I can't turn it off. I was like, why? And I mean, and I'm talking pre-days of the internet. I was, when it, when it was magazines, I would do whatever I had to do to sneak images. I was back in the early days of cable TV. I'm 51 years old. And I remember when it was only four channels. It was PBS, ABC, NBC, CBS. And then the cable came in. And there was, a, there was a channel called Escapade, which eventually turned into the Playboy channel. And I was at home at 13 years old. Every time my parents left the house, there was a little set-top box that sat on top of our TV. And I would jimmy it. All you had to do was hold the channels in between two channels and found the picture will come out away. clear. But, but, that, but pornography does not, it makes sure it's easy to find. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like anybody, if they really didn't want you to find it, they could have made sure it was really blocked, but they didn't. I was a 13 year old kid and I had probably watched hours and hours of pornography by the time I was 17 and left that house. Dude, I, I was already six you know six seven years into being into a heavy addiction and then you look at what the pornography was it was a plays on fairy tales like cinderella and and um you know uh, uh, snow white and all these kind of plays on children's type things you know what i mean things that attract kids it's almost Mm -hmm. like when you look at the smoking to when the tobacco industry they literally had Joe Camel representing a lot of the smoking in order to make it like, oh, look at kids, it's fun. Yeah, that's but true. Dude, dude, when I say how heinous and how well thought out this industry is into making sure they got your buttons. I'm in the media. I get it. You know what I mean? Hey, when we make a commercial, we want you to see it. You know what I mean? And when they do something, they're trying to find ways to get to a younger and younger audience and no more. Now in this quarantine, the thing that hit me was like, my God, all the kids that are at home right now with their phones, with their iPads, with their computers. I said, man, I saw, I saw, I see 
something that if we don't get a hold of it, if we don't talk about it, because this is the thing, you got to talk about it. You are grazing up a whole nother problem that could come out of this quarantine. And don't let it be said that Terry Crews did not say, hey, guys, let's talk. Let's talk. Sure. And to the kids out there that are watching, that I've seen, that are watching me right now, I'm here to tell you, there's nothing wrong with you. You know what? That stuff has been designed to get into your head. It has been designed to take you out. And you are just following your instinct, just like a man is hungry or a girl is hungry. They play on your hunger. They play on a natural desire. One thing, I, one, one thing I took away from one of your videos, one of your, uh, your dirty little secret videos, I think it was from that video, you mentioned the word halt. Yes, yes, right? yes. Is that kind of what you're talking about? All the halt, natural things that halt. we're feeling? Yes, halt. Hungry, angry, lonely, or tired. We all are hungry. We all, you know, we get angry. We all get lonely. And we all, we get tired. Never more than during this quarantine, man. For sure. My God, man. You know, you, you turn around, you can't even go to a restaurant. Seriously, man. It's, you know what it's I mean? A you can't. Time. You're losing interactions. Then you get angry about it. You're angry at the fact you can't leave. Oh, my. The anxiety it's level everything. comes to here. And then let's just let's talk about the people who are lonely. You know, one thing that's been told to me, and guys reach out and say, yeah, you can quit porn. Yeah, you got a wife. You got a wife but I'm all by myself. What do I do? And what's wild is that everyone has a rationalization. I rationalize. I said, well, this is why I have to do. I felt like this. She, she wasn't doing this for me. And blah, 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 blah. But what I had to hit really hit me is that I was hungry. I was angry. I was lonely and I was tired and I had to halt. And I had to find true Intimacy. I had to find true answers for each one of those letters in the acronym. You know what I mean? When you're hungry, right. find yourself something healthy. When you're angry, understand why you're angry and calm down. Maybe when you're, you're hangry. lonely. You know what I mean? You're hangry. <laughs> <laughs> and when you're lonely, you know what I mean? Reach out. Reach out to people that care for you, man. You know what I mean? Tell somebody you're going through this. You know, and one when, thing. Oh, sorry. Oh, I was just going to say one thing that I, because I, I used to consume a lot of pornography and I always said that when I got married, that I would stop consuming pornography. And the, the reason why I don't like that mentality, the reason why I think that mentality might be unhealthy and I'm not judging, I'm talking about myself, Right. that I was going from consuming pornography to consuming my partner, yeah. like, you know, like almost using yeah. pornography to using my partner. And it took a lot of years to understand that and to face that and to be like, okay, that's not healthy. It's hey, not a healthier way. The term is acting out. That's the term. And there were times I acted out with my wife and she's like, you're not even here. You know what I mean? When I say it put a brick between us, it's the truth. And there were times she felt like, you know what? I, I don't even, did you even realize that I was there? And I was basically acting out with my wife. That's and, interesting. And it makes you, again, remember, you want intimacy. You want someone to know you and love you. 
But if you never share it, they can never know. Now, this is another thing I have to say. When I was going through all this stuff, I thought if my wife ever knew, she would hate me. So that was the reason to keep it a secret. Okay, that was the She'd thing. She'd hate like, the true you, she right? Would hate, right, she would hate the real me. She would be like, oh man, I'm out of here. I would hate this. So this is the deal. So I kept up a false me and had a double life. You know what I mean? And when and I say this to a lot of people, is that success is the warmest place to hide. You know what I mean? Because you, ha- you can really build two lives being a successful person. I, right now, I am Terry Crews. For the past 10 years, I have been one whole human being. But before that, I learned, even in, in high school, hey, man, you got to be two people. You know, that there's, the, there's this church-going Terry Crews, the artist, football player, this kind of guy, and then there's the one that I know. There's the Terry Crews that I know and I'm ashamed of. And, but what I did not, this was the biggest breakthrough, Garrett, the biggest breakthrough, when I finally revealed it, when I finally came out with it, she was like, why didn't you tell me? I love you. Wow. Dude, I'm getting choked up now just thinking about it. All I thought, at the beginning was that she'd be like, oh, get away from me, uh. But she was like, Wow, she cared. Tell me, I love you. That was the intimacy I was looking for, man. Wow. That is what satisfied, that was real food. That calmed all the halt. Everything, the hungry, angry, lonely, tired was done. (laughs) She's straight satisfied. You understand what I mean? Now I was like, oh my God. That, the, the whole just, but you can only be, you can only get that by being vulnerable. You have to, you can only get that by actually opening it up to someone who cares about you and you care about them. And I'm trying to tell you, man, it's, it's a very, very powerful thing. And I want to just encourage, I mean, you know, there's a lot of kids out there who feel like they will not be accepted, uh, but, but be very, very careful to find someone who can who you can really confide in and there is someone there are, look at the organizations like this there are organizations at your school there are people at your school there are your best friend you know what i mean and let me tell you anybody that would shun you and dog you out for even admitting you had faults is probably not a real good friend anyway right out of my group of friends i think there was only one that didn't consume pornography and I, and I look up to him today because he stood apart from the crowd, you know? We were all consuming pornography. It was a normal thing for us. And I admire him for that. So wow. be, that, be that kid. You see that strength. You go, oh, my goodness. How are you? you know, but I, I, I'm here to say it. Like, I've had people go, how do you do it? I mean, people hit me up on social media like, dude, how do you do it? How do you do it? But, dude, it's, it's one of these things where I started to realize that habits are more powerful than you could ever imagine. You know what I mean? It's if you wake up at four in the morning for 30 days straight, I promise you on day 31 on your day off, you don't have to get up. You're getting up at four in the morning. For sure. You are, there's things that are just automatic. There are things that you just do. And what happens is if you insert pornography into your habits, it becomes your go-to. 
and what's happened is you get to the point where you don't even know what else to go to. It's, it's, it literally becomes the, the, the defining point of your day. It becomes your stress reliever. It becomes this thing. It becomes this person that you can depend on. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you something. It works. It works right. for a minute until it doesn't. It's like having a fantasy and you go, oh, this fantasy is amazing. And all of a sudden it turns into the worst horror movie you ever imagined. You are literally, it's like, oh my God, you, this, it's a beautiful image. And all of a sudden it's totally Hannibal Lecter in every way, shape and form. And that's what I'm, it, it's, you find, but you can't have a, if you have it, it's part of your habits, there's no way you can find your way out. And I'm here to say, new habits, inserting new brain pathways, new synapses in your brain. Uh, there were things where, man, listen, it's not easy at first because you just go, what else am I going to do? But I had to literally write down things that I was going to do instead of watch pornography. It, it was that simple. It was like, okay, I am going to read a book right now. <laughs> and I'll be on the first paragraph like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> but it takes one thing that I've found, Terry, and you give me your opinion is once you say no one time, it's powerful, right? Yeah. It allows you, you realize you can say no, yes. right? Because for so long, you're just, I can't say no. Well, and then once you say no, it's, it's power, it's empowering. But see, like I said, but remember how, what I just said, I said, I'm reading that first paragraph. Ah, the second paragraph is interesting. There we go. Third one. I'm like, wow. Yeah. By the tenth page, I forgot all about what I what I would normally do. Right? You see what I mean? I, this doesn't take a long time, and I and I. This is another thing. It it for let's say you had an addiction for years, for years. It's much faster to overcome than it was to build. I'm telling you that right now. Once you have your information, once you have listen, I've been free for ten years. But I'm here to tell you that that happened much faster than it took to get. Because this is what happens. You get, your body gets healthier once you start feeding it right and doing the right things much faster than it took you to ruin it. As, t- as long as it took for you to get obese, once you start doing the right things, you will get better that fast. Isn't that amazing? That your brain amazing. works the same way. Because we, because we, because right now we're talking about principles. You know what I mean? Not judgments, not morality. We're talking about principles. Hey, man, you give your body water. It's like we got it. Right. You know what I mean? But if you're drinking like just straight corn syrup all day long, it's like it's going to be. There's going to be some negative effects. It's the principle. There's a principle of health. There's not a principle of sickness. You know what I mean? What do you mean by that? what I mean is, is that you, you, with the principle of health is that you, your body is meant to be healthy. Your body's not meant to be sick. This is why, and listen, we could talk about COVID-19, but there are way more people that have recovered from COVID than have died from COVID. As right. horrible as that is, because the principle of health is here. 
Your body, you. listen, there's no vaccine, but your body beat it anyway. Right. You think about oh, that. That's dude. interesting. That's powerful. I'm, I, this is a, I'm not here to say don't practice social distancing. I'm doing that right now. <laughs> right. I'm telling you, COVID-19 is real. Be healthy. But, but those that did have it and those that have recovered from it, there is no vaccine. You understand. But you got healed anyway. And your body beat it. Look at your, like, look at our brains. The fact that the neuroplasticity is kind of what you're saying is that the brain can heal. It can heal. It can come back. Wait, it can be better than before. That's what I was going to ask you, Terry, because you said that it can heal and return to a full state. But do you feel like you're a better, because your book, I loved your book, by the way. Thank you. Um, your book is, is titled Manhood. And the question I have for you, do you feel like you're a better man today because of your addiction to pornography? Do you feel like you're a better father, a better husband? I'm going to say this in a quote that I heard that I've been, it's getting me through this whole quarantine. And it says, sometimes your greatest hopes are destroyed to prepare you for something better. I'm going to say that one more time. I don't, this is anonymous. It's an anonymous quote. Sometimes your greatest hopes are destroyed to prepare you for something better. I am living something better right now. And Terry, look at your career as an example of that as well. That's it. Right? That's it. The NFL hey. ended, and then you were sweeping floors. That's it. Right? First of all, all I wanted to be was a Pro Bowl NFL football player and the whole thing. I had no idea that there was something way better in my future. At the time, I couldn't see it. I'm trying to say, I didn't even know that I didn't know. <laughs> you but know you what know I mean? what I think is powerful? I think the reason why I admire you, Terry Cruz, is because of there's an example that I want to – it was, it was something that you shared, and um, you talked about how you went from playing in the NFL and then uh, you went to sweeping, and you ended up taking pride yep. in sweeping. Yep. And I think that – is probably the key moment for you, right? Was, and that's part was, of your attitude that's key and crucial. It was a seismic shift. Like, I was, I remember sweeping floors at first, and I was like, oh, man, this is the worst thing in my life. Oh, my God. And I was like, let me get in the corners. Let me get the corner a little better. And, you know, this floor could be a little better over here. <laughs> and I just was like, you know what? I'm going to make this floor the cleanest floor you've ever seen. And all of a sudden, the focus, the will, the energy, the life. Because you know what? When I find gratitude, thankfulness provides energy. You know what I mean? If I, I started to, I was like, I have this. I'm making $8 an hour, and I have this. And I'm going to be thankful for it. In fact, I'm going to treat it as if I'm getting $20 million for it. And all of a sudden, my life changed dramatically. But if you always, if you, I'm gonna tell you this right now, you have never ever seen a successful, ungrateful person. You can't see, it. because the height of your success is equal to the depth of your gratitude. Never that. forget this, the height of your success is always equal to the depth of your gratitude. If you are not grateful, you can never, ever 
be successful. I've seen people who have tons of money because they were ungrateful. They couldn't even enjoy it. But I could enjoy sweeping floors because I was, I, the moment I became grateful and became thankful. And this is the way it is even after all of this, man, after all I've done and gone through this stuff, I'm thankful to be here, man. And I'm going, dude, this is why I know, I know I'm truly successful. Yeah. Because you can't out great, I, I can't, you can't, there's <laughs> never been a man more thankful than I am. I have my wife, I have my family. It did not kill us. You know what I mean? What was meant to destroy us actually became our rocket fuel. You know what I mean? And I could, I'm could. i trying to tell you, pornography and the, the, all that affects and the things that it did, it can now become your rocket fuel to propel you. It's almost like what they meant to destroy you is now gonna be your thing. And I'm determined to turn it into my rocket fuel that's gonna take me and my family to our whole nother level. Yeah, that's powerful. It's really powerful. Um, as you spoke, Terry, you were talking about how at one point you went from, because there's a difference between liking the con- to consume pornography and then wanting to consume pornography. There's a difference, right. right? Yes. And you talked about how you wanted to, but you weren't really enjoying it. Yep. Right? Yep. Can you identify looking back? I know it's been years and years now, but can you identify when that transition happened? from wanting and liking to just wanting? You know, actually that happened, you know, very, very young because um, I remember feeling a lot of shame as a teenager when my mother would sneak out. And there was time my mother caught me. I remember, I forget, there was a time when she caught me. And I remember I was holding the channels and I was looking and she was like, what are you doing? I was like, oh my God. And what happened was, when you see yourself like that, you're like, holy, I'm looking and I'm like, what in the world? My mother knows that I watched that. You know what I mean? It was like, and then I was like, okay, I don't like this anymore. But then I still wanted to do it. You see what I mean? I, I was like, okay, I'm shamed, I'm done. But what happened is with that shame cycle, in order to get rid of the shame, you find another way to do it again in order to feel better. And then I realized, oh my God, you know, it's not that I like it. It's like I have to. And then I I really rationalized in my heart that I thought all men were like this. I thought every man out there had a double life from my pastor to my teachers. And And what was weird is that I would catch a lot of guys at that time in double up, which was crazy. Um, right. And people were going down like flies. You had politicians who were getting caught in these things. Shoot, the subway guy got caught. Oh, and yeah, some crazy sure. Jared. stuff. Jared, you know, you know, you look at, man, you, it was, when you look at how many people were started going down and like, uh, 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 when you look at what Bill Cosby meant to a whole generation, and how far he fell. I mean, now listen, I, you could say, was it porn? I don't know, but I do know for a fact that that attitude is the same attitude porn had. 
Right. You know what I mean? Hey, they got, first of all, drugs and porn go together. Like, it's like the Tiger King thing I brought up. He mentioned porn in the Tiger King. He used porn and meth to manipulate his relationships. I'm going to do it. It goes hand in hand. Uh, first off, I remember being a, a, a young kid, and I remember adults in my community that were like, hey, man, passing out your porn magazines. I re- Listen, you got to know how deep it gets. And, and, and I love this stuff with pornography always like 18 and over. They love throwing 18 and over out, 18 plus. But I don't know anybody has ever seen pornography after 18 years old. <laughs> yeah, I don't know a, one person that was that. not exposed before they were 18 years old. You choke, if that dude, whoever that dude is, it, it, it's like, oh, because <laughs> I'm like, where did you, what island were you on? Seriously. Because it's always ways to access it way before you're 18. Yeah, for sure. Do you talk to your kids about the harmful effects of pornography and sexual exploitation, Terry? Big time, big time. We we have this con- we have this talk. It's a very cool way. I, I, let me tell you, I admire my son. I admire him. We have these deep conversations, and I just go, "Dude, man, oh, this is just." I, 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 he's like my hero. It is. It is. Because we can talk about it, man. I'm like, man, any issues you have, you can talk to me about. I can tell you where I slipped up and what this what, what this meant. I'm not here to judge you. I'm not here to, to make you feel bad about anything, man. You could talk to me about anything you are feeling. And we have those talks. And even with my daughters. And I, there was a time when I was coming out. And I was in rehab 10 years ago. We had to sit down and have this whole conversation with the whole family about this is my this is issue. Happening. This is what happened to me. And Did that scare you? Yes. Oh, yeah. Big time. I mean, first of all, what's, you know, there was a point where I couldn't even imagine me talking about this stuff right now. Like, but now, again, with habits and talking, and now it's like I'm talking about going to the store. <laughs> but sure. this conversation that we're having right now was unthinkable 10 years ago. Right. You know what I mean? But this is where we need to get as a society. You know, we right. need to get to the point where we can talk about healthy sex, mm-hmm. healthy sex, what love truly is. Like, right. what's so wild is that you have a whole, you know, the music industry has confused love and sex, big time, where people are actually thinking that sex is love, and it's not. In fact, what's so crazy, and what a lot of people don't even understand, is that you can absolutely hate someone and have sex with them. That's true. That's what a lot of pornography is about. There's tons of pornography. It's a power thing. The whole term revenge porn, or, you know, the, the, the whole rape culture is built on this, this sort of enmity and, and anger toward women where uh, a guy gets rebuffed and he's now this, this guy who's looking at women like, ah, he, the, the, the whole purpose is to demean who they are. And I can, I can only speak from a heterosexual male point of view. So, 
if there's any other angles out there, you're welcome to find them. And but I'm just talking about from what I've seen and what what what, what was kind of like in the circle where you realize the degradation was all about bringing a woman down because they were so high up in your eyes. You know what I mean? It was like, okay, you're not that cute. You're not this. Let me, and, and pornography plays on that. And it plays on, because this is the deal. In most men's eyes, and heterosexual men's eyes, a woman is the most beautiful thing you've ever seen. And yeah. the attempt to actually demean that is to, is, it's really, they should stay that way in your eyes. You see what I mean? But what happens is with this kind of stuff, it changes you, man. It changes the way you think. It changes everything. And I, I just, I can't say it enough because I think that one thing is true is that a lot of therapy tends to tell you what you already know. You know what I mean? And it's so wild because when you look at things you shouldn't be looking at, there's a reason why you feel that way. You know what I mean? There's things that make you feel bad. There's a reason why once you're done looking at pornography, there's this depression. There is the sadness. There is because you know that's someone's sister. That's someone's mother. That's someone. And, and it, it's so wild because I got a lot of people who are like, hey, man, Nothing wrong with porn, nothing wrong. Well, would you let your sister do it? Would you let your mom do it? Would you let your daughter do it? Right. And the whole thing is, no. No, you wouldn't. And the issue is, if, if, if you would not have that happen to anyone you care about, then why are we talking about this for anyone else? Right because we should all care for each other as human beings, period. 100%. And again, I, I, the, the best way I can bring it up is that strip club analogy where it's like, oh my God, you're human. That was an eye opener for me because I did not see that woman as all the way human. And that is the truth. And that when I had to really examine it, what I was thinking and how I was thinking, I was like, oh my God. And that, if when you know that, it makes it much easier to resist. You know what I mean? You're like, right. remember information, you have the facts. Right. Get all the facts, because now they're telling you, no man, it's just love. <laughs> they use the terms love so loosely, like, yeah, man, it's love, you know? And then, but it's not, it's not. And it's, it's a masquerade. Um, and that's, that's what I had to overcome. I think it's cool looking back at the experience when you got, you were assaulted, Terry, and you said that your knowledge and understanding empowered you to walk away. Yep. And one of the things I hope that this conversation can do for other people is empower them with knowledge so that they can walk away right? From pornography, from consuming repeatedly again and again and again and feeling like they're trapped. You know what's wild is the guy that assaulted me did not see me as a full human being. He was acting on you. Except, dude, just, just what I told you I was doing, he was doing to me. That's interesting. And that is, once I, it hit me like that, I was like, oh my God, that's what this is. 
because it's acting this, on someone else. Yeah, yeah, it's the term is acting out, and he was acting out as if I was his plaything. And dude, again, if I had not done everything that I was supposed to do, if I had not come to this realization, I would be in jail right now. Would have ruined your life, man. It that's, would have ruined. That's wild. Everything. My wife was family. right there. Oof. I would have been, and you know what? Let me tell you something right now. There are a lot of men in jail right now simply because they were actually getting someone back for something like this. Right. But they would never tell you what happened to them. You understand? They're like, I killed this guy. Well, why'd you do it? He deserved it. Well, what'd he do? I'm going to jail. <laughs> and you know what? When I look that. Because again, when you're talking about the stigmas, the culture, you know, think about this. When you have a, even the term child prostitute is a misnomer. There's no such thing. No. If you, if you can't give consent, how are you a prostitute? It's sex trafficking. That's trafficking, dude. But you see the terms. Right. You see where... I've seen, they will throw the little kid in jail and give the, the John a warning. You're talking about judges and with sons and people who are like, well, you know, that boys will be boys. And uh, uh, hey, man, dude, when you look at the culture, when you look at all these things that come from the messages that pornography has been giving nonstop for years. It's so corrupt and toxic. My God, man, it, it, you look, the, even like I said, the term child prostitute makes no sense. It doesn't make sense. And when we look at what we have to do, we have to stop the game and just talk the info, tell the truth. Because again, I, I, I'm never about banning anything. It's literally just say what it is. You know what I mean? Say sure. what this is happening to you. And this is, this is the reality of what this is. Now you can make a really informed decision. As a, and I treat everybody like they're intelligent. Because that's the deal. Because everybody is. That's and good. you have to know the information. But what happens is, and when I was a kid, I was manipulated by what I didn't know all the time, all the time. Gang members manipulate you by what you don't know. Drug dealers do the same thing. You know what I mean? Right. And once, the more you know, the more you go, oh, man. Right. Hold on. Hey, man, I'm in Hollywood. This CGI stuff is real. Like, if, sure. you were, if you were to tell me, tell me, like, Jurassic Park is real. You know, you'd be like, hey, dude. <laughs> you know? But I know that's green screen, man. Sure, and sure. first of all, in the movies, people get shot and they turn around and walk to their sets and go home at the end of the day. But in real life, you go out there mimicking that. I'm, I'm just, just in the terms of a movie. You know what I mean? People are like fighting four or five guys at one time. Hey, man, if you see a real fight, it ain't like that. No. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's what I'm saying. What pornography is giving is something that you can't sustain. This stuff does not exist. It's right. CGI. And I'm going to tell you, it's, it's so real. Because, again, I want to say this again, because I do think it is a good analogy. It's that sex is medicine. 
Sex is medicine. It's good. It's wonderful. Man, good, healthy sex is so redeemingly powerful and wonderful and invigorating. But man, pornography is heroin. It's drugs. It's don't get crazy in the pharmacy. We got kids loose in the pharmacy. They're running around grabbing whatever, taking all kinds of stuff, man, and you can be damaged severely. We got to get that info out. And I thank you so much for what Fight the New Drug is doing right now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Terry, you've talked a little bit about your wife and what she means to you, what your family means to you. Um, it's been 10 years since you've addressed your challenge with pornography. I just wanted to ask you, what do you do on the daily to show love and appreciation to Rebecca and to your kids? You know, one thing we always do, we talk about everything. You know, we sit down. It's like, can we talk? And we, we all know the ears perk up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I have, to, I have to give it to my wife, man, because what's wild is that she actually had to go to therapy too. And good for her, man. We all need therapy. Yeah. I mean, there's a thing where, you know, she had to deal with the betrayal. She had to deal with not knowing there was, a, there was at first it was like, okay, we're going to stick together. But then all of a sudden it was like, there were, uh, there were issues that came up, questions, things that happened with disclosure. I had to tell what I did and where I had messed up. And, and she had questions she, and I had to answer every last one of those questions truthfully. Wow. And that's hard, man. Yeah, that's heavy. I'm going to try to tell you, Garrett, there were tons of tears. Tons. Of of, there were times when I would come home and she'd be sitting in the kitchen just in tears. And I would just come up behind her and just hug her. And we wouldn't say anything. There was nothing to say. But I knew. I mean, first of all, You've been damaged by the person who's supposed to love you the most. Yeah. That's hard, hard, hard. Mm -hmm. But but what I've done, and every day, you have to do it by showing and proving. It's, it's like we've become my bad culture. You know, it's like, my bad. Oh, man, my bad. You know, and the only analogy I can really bring up is if you, you hit somebody with your car, and you jump out and go, my bad, and get back in the car and drive away, that's a hit and run. Right. That's not an apology. What I had to do, I had hit my own family. I had to get out of the car and I had to sit with all of them. And I had to go to the police station and I had to file a report. Then I had to go to the hospital and then we had to sit there. Then I had to bandage them up. Then I had to learn to take them home. I had to push the wheelchairs. I had to bring them home. Are you talking just time? I had to make the soup. I had to feed it to them. I had to, this is the stuff you have to do to make amends. Correct your problems. Correct the issue with effort and energy and time. And let me tell you something. We all got closer. We all got better. You understand what I mean? That's great. And you rebuild that trust. I mean... My wife could have my phone, she can have a computer, she can have anything, whatever you want. You can, the, no doors are locked, walk right in. You understand what I'm saying? Letting you know, whatever, you know where I'm at, how I, where I am, what I'm watching. Just built, you can look at the history, take my phone at any time. 
take my computer at any time. You know what I mean? And that level of just openness allows trust to be rebuilt. There's nothing to hide. She knows me. She knows everything about me. And she loves me anyway. I know everything about her. And I love her anyway. That's special, man. You understand what I mean? That's that special. level of intimacy is like, I don't, I don't know where I end and she begins. You know what I mean? So it, it takes time to get, we've been married 30 years, man. Right. 30 years. And, and I'm going to tell you something too. So anybody who ever got divorced, we were definitely headed that way. I've never looked at it like, well, you know, we're so special. You got it. You didn't work it out. Uh-uh. First of all, we were on the fence. Like it, it could have went either way. You know what I mean? There could have been, my wife could have been like, I, that's it. I'm out. And I would have been like, there you go. Yeah. I, I hear you. And I don't, that's why I don't look at anybody who's ever been divorced as with any type oh, no of way. judgment. But I'm here to tell you that I, that's why I'm, another reason why I'm so grateful because for all intents and purposes, we should be. Yeah. Yeah, for not. sure. And we decided and it was because of her strength and my decisions to make, to go ahead and do the work that we were able to rebuild our marriage into something better. We have a book coming out later this year. We did with Audible called Stronger Together. That's oh, really? coming out oh, good. in the fall. It's our story. So a lot of people saw manhood. Yeah. But they but this one is her oh wow. Her take. Good. On that whole experience, man. It's wow, gonna really that. be super powerful. We told everything too, man. Wait, I can't wait till the world sees this. This is kind of like a preview. I'm glad we were able to do this today. Yeah, absolutely. That I'll definitely be using my audible credit to get that <laughs> book. So thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Um I haven't read your children's book though. Oh yeah, it's great, man. It's great. Come I find need, me. I need Come to check find, that out. Yeah, we'll throw it out there. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, and then just one more question. It's the most important question of them all, Terry. And the question is, um, when is White Chicks Two coming out? <laughs> <laughs> hey, man. First of all, you know it's wild because uh, I don't even know if that movie can be done today. <laughs> yeah, seriously. You know, when you look at a lot of uh, everybody gets canceled for everything. A L- little bit um, cringeworthy at some points. Oh, yeah. Look, oh yeah. But it, but it yeah, was, it's, it's what it all, was. It is what it was. I love every character I've ever played. So hundred mm-hmm. uh, percent, it's part of the process. And I talked to Marlon and we're trying to make something happen. I, yeah, you should, man. Believe me, I'm staying in shape so I could do white chicks too. That's there we go. <laughs> there we go. I grew up, uh, I think the first show I remember you in was the longest yard, man. Oh, that was hot. <laughs> it's a big ass robot. That was good. That was good. Let me I remember, see, man. I've been given more opportunities to have moments in film than any actor has ever been allowed. I mean, from the Expendables to, you know, uh, to White Chicks, to Longest Yards, even Idiocracy, you know what I mean? When I played President Camacho and the whole people, it's funny because, (laughs) you know, when I got to be in uh, Everybody Hates Chris, which was, you know, Chris Rock's dad, that's one of the most special series. And now to be on Brooklyn Nine-Nine, and people are binging it like crazy. It's Seriously. absolute. Like our popularity has grown and grown. I love this cast. I love listen. Andy Samberg, uh, Andre Brower, all the people on this cast are absolutely some 
and they've been through all this stuff with me. You know what I mean? It's kind of like we, we're going on our eighth season. Yeah, but that's amazing. They understand. They get me. They love me. They're like, you know, that's another thing. When you got coworkers who know all your junk and love you anyway, too. For sure. <laughs> you know, and it's so good, man. It's just we're, we love each other, and we're going to do season eight just really right around the corner. Once this whole quarantine's over, we're going to start season eight. We love uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, our office, our team. So, yeah, we love that. Um, and then I mentioned that I was looking at the buzzer beaters. Or, excuse not the buzzer beaters. The golden buzzers. Oh, golden from buzzers, AG, yes. From AGT. Yes. I wanted to ask you, what's your, do you have a favorite moment Man, as the host of AGT? When I pushed the golden buzzer for the Detroit Youth Choir um, last year, season 14, I was in tears, man. Uh, because it meant so much to me. All I saw was those little kids, and I saw myself as that. And, I mean, coming from the, where they came from, dude, it was one of the most powerful. And now, now I got to mention this, too, because they didn't win. They came in second. The Detroit Youth Choir came in second, and it was a wonderful show, but the city of Detroit gave them a million dollars anyway. That's but those crazy. who didn't know, I didn't the know community that. came together and gave them a million dollars. And all those kids got scholarships. They got a new van so they could drive. And they got a new facility. I mean, they are now world-renowned Detroit Youth Choirs performing in front of dignitaries and traveling all over the world, it's so incredible, man. I, I, I couldn't be more proud. And I watched the confidence of these kids. Dude, but wait till season 15. We got something for you right now, man. We've been filming it. Oh, my God. It's going to be so good. It's going to be really, really good. But that was my favorite moment on AGT. That's great. Well, Terry, we appreciate you because you're always spreading positivity. Thank and you so um, much. that's what we love about you. That's why the world is definitely a better place because of Terry Cruz, because of Rebecca Cruz. So we just want to say thank you for uh, joining us today. Um, I was going to give you the last word to, to kind of tell you how us, how we can support you. Um, but once again, I think we've talked about that. Let's go check out Brooklyn Nine-Nine, AGT. Hit Terry up on, on social. Um, yeah, Terry, let us know what we can do for you. We're definitely team Terry Cruz. So. Hey, man, I'm team fight the new drug all the way. You see, I got my T-shirts. I wear <laughs> them sure. proud. I wear them <laughs> proudly. For sure. And I love it. I, I'm Just what you guys do, it's, it's amazing. You're changing the world, man. You're hey, Terry, do you think uh, if I sent you a link to our documentary, would you take a moment and watch that? Oh, I would. I would okay, love cool. to. Thank you. Thank you. I would love to see it. Okay, cool. I'll send that over to you. All right. You got it, my man. I'm glad you reached out. Thank you. For sure. Thanks for making this happen, Terry. You're the man. You got it, my man. God bless you. Take care. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Consider Before Consuming. Consider Before Consuming is brought to you by Fight the New Drug. If you'd like to learn more about today's guest, Terry Cruz, you can check the links attached to this episode. This entire collaboration with Terry Cruz happened because he was wearing one of our shirts during a video he published on his social media. If you're wanting to help change the conversation 
wearing merchandise is a great way to do that. We invite you to check out our merch at ftnd.org forward slash store. That's ftnd.org forward slash store. We also invite you to follow Terry's lead and watch our three-part documentary, Brain Heart World. You can watch it free at brainheartworld.org. That's brainheartworld.org. Big thanks to you for listening to this conversation. As you go about your day, we invite you to increase your self-awareness, look both ways, check your blind spots, and consider before consuming.